Hey, everybody, just wanted to let you know we've got another live show coming up at Maya Cinemas on Thursday, July 25th, 6 p.m. I will be joined by Mike Davis, Faith Nall, and Marco Ariaga for Deadpool and Wolverine. I have a pretty good feeling that this is going to be the biggest movie of the year, and... I'm looking forward to a really fun show. So we got this great lineup. We'll have some prizes. We're getting lots of great puzzle pieces. And who doesn't want to see this movie? So we will see you there again Thursday, July 25th, Maya Cinemas. Welcome to another episode of Piecing It Together, the podcast where we take a look at a new movie and try to figure out what movies inspired it. And today on the show, we are talking about Landscape with Invisible Hand. This is a weird one. Uh, it's from writer-director Corey Finley, who did Bad Education and Thoroughbreds, two of my favorite movies of the last five years. So I was really looking forward to this one. And... Yeah, it's a weird one, but we're going to try to get into it. Joining me is Evan Crean from the Spoiler Peace Theater podcast, and uh, we get into some good stuff here, so that's coming up in a second. Before we get to it, I do want to remind you, as always, to make sure you are subscribed to Piecing It Together wherever you listen to podcasts. You can follow us on social media at PiecingPod, and don't forget about our Facebook group, Popcorn and Puzzle Pieces, where we continue the conversation about all the movies we talk about here on the show. Uh, aside from that, we do have a Patreon, the Produced by David Rosen Patreon, where I post bonus and advanced content for Piecing It Together, Awesome Movie Year, and from my music career. Right now I'm posting an exclusive album on there. It's the score to a film that I worked on called Jacqueline, uh, and you can check that out, as well as I think we've got four or five episodes of Piecing It Together right now that haven't been released yet that are uh, early access on the Patreon, and two bonus awesome movie years, so lots of great content. It's patreon.com slash Rosen. I appreciate you all being out there just listening, but if you want to sign up for the Patreon, I appreciate that too. So with that said, let's get into Landscape with Invisible Hand. All right, we are going to try to get into this weird movie, Landscape with Invisible Hand. And joining me today is Evan Crean from Spoiler Peace Theater. Evan, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me back. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, uh, I have been putting the call out for this episode, and for, I think, a variety of reasons, I have not gotten a lot of bites here, but <laughs> I listened to you guys' podcast the other day, and uh, I, I know that you uh, were a fan of this one. I, I you know, it, it's it's a weird movie, and we'll get into that, but, like, it's a tough one to even say I'm a fan of, like, I, I was just so excited for this movie, and I have theories and almost more than puzzle pieces we'll get into puzzle pieces i just wanted mm -hmm. to talk theories and ideas and what the hell is going on here yeah i mean first and foremost uh let's just start with Corey finley were you a fan of Corey finley going into this uh i think i'm trying to think what movies he had made before i'd seen bad education which i thought was right. good but not great um okay what what other movies the other one is thoroughbreds i had not seen that one but i'd heard lots okay. of good things 
Thoroughbreds is amazing. Actually, I love Bad Education. Uh, I'll just throw it out there right now. I love that, and I love uh, Thoroughbreds. They both made my like top ten of their respective years. So I'm like on the Corey Finley train. You know, other than that, <laughs> he uh, he co-directed like uh, some other like TV show, I believe. But um, I, I haven't actually seen that. But just his two features. This being his third feature. So yeah, I was just like so rooting for this thing, and. I think it colors my interpretation of the movie a little bit. And, you know, we'll get into that as we're going through it. Um, just how interesting of a filmmaker I think he is. W where did you first see this? Did you just uh, catch this like before you guys did the podcast or had you seen yeah. it at a festival? Yeah, you we just saw it. Yeah, we saw it before for the show. We got like a screener link and watched it at home. Okay. So, yeah, this is like one of those movies where it's like, I know they haven't really promoted it much. I think the strike might have a little something to do with that. I don't yeah. know, but um, mm -hmm. I, I have a feeling like strike or not, like people wouldn't really know what to make of this. <laughs> I know when I was reading the summary about it a couple of months ago, I, I thought to myself, it sounds interesting, but also sounds like it could be kind of weird. But I think that's what mm. was drawing me toward it is that it sounded kind of weird. Like, just a weird enough plot that I needed to see it for myself and find out kind of how it all shakes out. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, you know, we, we'll get into everything along the way with this thing. Let's just start jumping into puzzle pieces and see what we can figure out as we're getting <laughs> into it. Uh, what do you have for your first puzzle piece? Um, I, for me, the first one that came to mind was Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Um, I don't mm -hmm. know if it's, it's been a long time since I've seen the movie, so I don't, I feel like it's almost even a little bit of the book too, in terms of just sure. a grim kind of satire and uh, just, I don't know, the the idea of, of humans being so, um, <laughs> such secondary characters in, in their own story just felt very Hitchhiker's <laughs> Guide to the Galaxy to me. For sure. Yeah, I, I, I was thinking about that one, too. I haven't seen the movie since, like, opening weekend. Um, I know, like, the book, obviously, like, it's so influential on so many things. And mm -hmm. so, like, it's definitely something that comes up quite often on the podcast, whether it's something as weird as this or just something sci-fi and kind of all over the place, you know? Uh, but, yeah, I think that's a great one to kick it off with. And I, this is such like a, a a weird movie with like a weird sci-fi idea that's going to come up in some of my puzzle pieces where it's like it it's not all about just one thing like mm -hmm. this movie is about so many different things and I think you can easily look at that and say oh well it's messy and I I think it really just depends on where you fall on the whole overall thing whether it is messy or if it's there's a lot of color to this there's just so many different things happening that all kind of make up this overall universe really but world universe whatever you want to call it um but yeah I, I think that that's a really good one a really good example of that and an example of how odd things are in this movie for those who mm -hmm. are maybe listening to this and haven't seen it of course we will get into lots of spoilers but you know if you haven't seen it it gets weird yeah, <laughs> yeah. it has like an offbeat sense of humor i think that's one of the things that i was zoning in on with hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy and the, the book especially has such an offbeat sense of humor and just a f douglas adams just has a really brilliant way of describing things that it's just so humorous and just pointing out the absurdity and this movie is just kind of needling on all of the absurd elements of the world that this takes place in and to back to your comment about whether you think it's messy or not as a viewer 
I didn't think it was messy. I, I actually was interested in the different directions and surprised by the different directions it went in. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, one thing, and this is kind of a tangent before I get to my first piece, but um, I was kind of, I don't usually do this before recording an episode, but I was like Googling a little bit, trying to find out about the differences between the book that this is based on, Landscape with Invisible Hand, mm-hmm. uh, and this film. And I, I couldn't really find any kind of like articles specifically on that, but I did find this screen rant uh, interview with Corey Finley. And one of the questions I thought was interesting, they, they asked him about um, with so many different story threads in the movie between like the art stuff, the uh, love and relationship stuff, the alien stuff, capitalism, mm-hmm. like all the things being explored here. Like if there's like one specific thread that drew him to the story, most of all, and I wrote down his answer. He said, uh, that's such a good question. I wouldn't even have thought to put it that way. The heart of the movie for me is the story of a young man coming of age, finding his voice and doing it all while trying to survive in a strange economic world. Hmm. And I think that kind of centers in on like what all of these things add up to. I, you know, I think there's still just so much going on, but I do think that that kind of helps kind of zero in. And to me personally, that like that quote alone makes the movie even more successful after reading that, because I'm like, if, if that's where we're going with this, it's not just specifically like, I I know this movie was mostly sold as the, the reality show aspect of of this couple Mm -hmm. and the the aliens are, are right now I'm, I'm getting into plot here in a way that must make zero sense to anyone listening who hasn't seen the movie, but like the aliens are watching people's relationships unfold as a form of uh, reality show and, uh, you know, that that's kind of where the the trailer sold us on the movie. Right. And mm-hmm. there's so much more going on, though. And I, I think it's important that he had this kind of point of view of where it's all meant to go. But I don't know. Wait, there, there's so many different. <laughs> I feel like I'm like all over the place with this one. But <laughs> it's kind of an go, all over the place <laughs> movie. And it, it either it really works is. for you or it doesn't, which it didn't work it for really, my co-host really when we talked about it, but it worked for me. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. So I'll, I'll go to my first one. And this actually does kind of focus in on that thing that we were kind of sold with the with the trailer and with the marketing for the movie and everything like that. Um, I'm going to TV for my first puzzle piece, actually. Ooh. And I'm going with the episode of South Park titled Cancelled. Um, I don't know if you remember this episode, but it turns out that all of life on Earth is an intergalactic reality show, <laughs> and aliens have decided they're going to be canceling the show, and um, you know it gets into uh, reality television, trash television in general, art, um, it, very meta about South Park, the show itself. Um, the aliens are all very weird, and, and it's a very, very uh, not thinly veiled uh, Jewish stereotype uh, to the ruling class of aliens who actually own everything on earth and uh, aye, aye, you know, aye. You figure, yeah, you figure what that metaphor is. Um, but yeah, the, it's, it's a classic South Park episode though. And, uh, you know, it was hilarious at the time. I haven't seen it in years, but, um, just, the, I've, I'm always a sucker for meta stuff and meta stuff will mm-hmm. come up in some of my other puzzle pieces too. But while this isn't meta about any one particular thing, it's meta about art in general, I feel like. And I, and I, uh, I really connected with that about landscape with invisible hand as well. Was that an earlier in the sh- was that a more recent season? Because I haven't watched South Park in a very long time. But <laughs> this was what I consider the golden age of South Park, which is right after the movie. Like it was, okay. mm-hmm. it was probably like two years after the movie or something like that. I feel like that 
those first three years after the movie was when the show really just exploded and every episode was great. And that that was when that happened. Gotcha. Well, I'm sad I yeah. missed it because that sounds pretty hilarious. And I do, yeah. like you, I enjoy meta things also. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Well, let's go to another piece. What do you got next? Uh, So my next piece is They Live. Oh, nice. John Carpenter's They Live. Obviously another satire. Uh, satire involving aliens, although the aliens in that world uh, are not revealed to pretty much anyone. <laughs> but yeah. they're walking among yeah. us and they've convinced us to obey their commands and buy their products and things and i just i feel like that has a pretty grim sense of humor and a pretty grim ending and uh i felt like that was definitely an element that was an influence here and also just all of its commentary on commercialism and consumerism and just basically like all the economic commentary going on feels like it's just so relevant to this film especially having all you know human beings are are subjugated class and, and the people who you know get ahead in this movie have to basically sell their soul or shave their yeah. eyebrows to uh, go live <laughs> in these floating cities in the sky and serve their uh, alien masters <laughs> yes absolutely no that's a great one i hadn't thought of that and I, i'm glad you brought it up because it's perfect it's it's a great uh piece to include here and yeah the, the capitalism stuff and, and like consumerism like all of that like fits in so perfectly with they live and uh the world that the aliens have basically forced us into but at the same time we've willingly gone into it, it feels like it, oh for everybody sure. is yeah they're just they're they're in and i i feel like that's a pretty uh you know as far as satire goes it's pretty uh, on the nose and and correct about the way that the world is so uh as long as people get their their comforts and whatnot and their little bits of entertainment and their content as it were uh you know they're happy so you know even yeah. if shit sucks Oh, totally. And it's like, you know, the, the protagonist in this movie, it's kind of like his version of the glasses is after he's hired to be the artist in residence and he's got this beautiful mural that speaks to the human experience and resiliency and how the world has changed with the aliens. And then he finds out that they've made creative changes to it to make it look yeah. like they're the best. They're amazing. They've given humanity everything and humanity is not, you know, subjugated to them. Yes, absolutely. Love it. Great one. Uh, also a great, uh, you know, setup for my next puzzle piece as well, which is going to be Boots Riley's Sorry to Bother You. Oh, nice. Uh, that was on my list too. Nice. Right on. Yeah. No, another like, you know, bizarre, high concept, near futuristic sci-fi that like it, it mixes the mundane with this seed of a futuristic weird idea. Mm -hmm. And uh, of course, both movies highly, highly critical of capitalism in general, oh, yeah. as well as uh, the subjugation of art and, uh, and all those kind of things. And, uh, you know, just as a little bit of a tangent last night, I actually got to watch this, uh, this like zoom uh, screenwriting like meeting thing between Boots Riley and Charlie Kaufman. Charlie Kaufman, oh, cool. another person who will come up later in my puzzle pieces. But um, you know, they they were it was a really great conversation. They talked about a lot of really interesting stuff. But one of the questions that was asked of them was uh, I thought relevant to this conversation here. They were asking, "How do you write something as abstract and weird as some of the ideas that the two of them come up with?" Mm -hmm. and 
this book, I have to imagine, leaves so much up to the imagination of what the aliens look like, what even this art looks like. Like all of these mm -hmm. things are like, they're just so out there and weird. And it, it must be a hard thing to write. That's all I would say. Oh, definitely. But yeah, I'm glad you also brought up, sorry to bother you, because it, it also has, I feel like it has an equally grim view of capitalism yeah. and uh, just the way it traps people and keeps them down and just forces them into these awful, awful circumstances where it's, you know, a dog eat dog kind of world and people willing to, you know, step all over each other to climb to the top. Absolutely. Absolutely. I will, you know, since you had started to bother you as well, I will jump to another one. Uh, I, I'm going to talk about American Beauty uh, as a puzzle piece here. Oh, um, just want to hear more. This, yeah, it's just like, it's obviously a very different movie, but like this weird skewed version of the American Beauty idea of like, this is what life is in middle America. Like, and of course here it's life after this alien takeover has changed little bits and pieces of the American experience. And it's not super like futuristic, you know, uh, far out there sci-fi it's more just like these little changes to the way that life is the way that work is school is um you know everything that goes along with dating and relationships and art and entertainment and like all these kinds of things that are a part of american beauty sex too like all those things mm -hmm. um but then skewed in this weird slightly sci-fi way um, and, you know, also I think our main character here, uh, uh, Adam, um, you kind of see a little bit of Ricky Fitz in him and the way that he sees the world through art and everything. And, uh, that's kind of his escape from like the mundanity of, uh, his life and the fact that there, he kind of sees that there's no getting out from under this alien, you know, rule that, that this, you know, near future society has gotten themselves into. Uh, so there's some Ricky fits there, I feel like as well, but yeah, American beauty. Good one. Yeah. That's definitely not one I would have thought of. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's maybe out there, but uh, for sure. What do you have for your next one? Uh, my next one on my list is uh, men in black. <laughs> nice. <laughs> for me, it was really zeroing in on the, um, the way that, people have learned to coexist with aliens in, in men in black it's covert obviously not everyone knows that aliens live amongst them but in this it's a very similar kind of like cooperative way of living and there's a lot of economic forces going on that that keep these two species like cooperating and working together and uh yeah the aliens just look kind of creepy and slimy like a lot of the aliens that you see in men in black so yeah. i could see them running around you know the i don't know what they call it but basically like the airport terminal that is the men in black headquarters i could see these aliens sure. kind of skulking around in there <laughs> yeah no absolutely they they both take a very like yeah these guys have like taken over life on earth, but also they're kind of goofy, uh, mm -hmm. approach to, to what aliens are. Uh, yeah, no, that, that's a fun one. And definitely like just the weirdness of the alien stuff. I think, uh, you could totally see men in black in there as well. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, it's a good one. Um, I will combine a couple of Michelle Gondry films, uh, for my next one, be kind, rewind and the science of sleep, uh, two movies that deal with, um, 
like outsider art, basically, mm. and art being the thing that kind of gets you through difficult situations in life. And uh, they're, they're both movies, like really all three movies, very different from one another, but all of them have that through line of art being this like important thing. And I feel like that is like, you know, again, going back to, you know, that quote uh, from Corey Finley, like, you know, this, this kid, like, kind of his coming of age story of, you know, learning to uh, find his own voice in the world of art, but that world of art being overtaken by, you know, the economy of it all, the business side of it all. Um, I think that that's an important thing uh, for this story. And I think both of those movies have like, you know, bits and pieces of that same kind of thing uh, with Be Kind Rewind. You know, the the video store still has to make money. With Science Asleep, the guy just doesn't fit in in any kind of uh, work or even, you know, social relationship situation. Um, so I think Michelle Gondry is dealing with similar themes and similarly weird themes as well. Well, I haven't seen Science of Sleep, but I have seen Be, Be Kind Rewind, and that is definitely a great comparison. <laughs> the outsider right art piece to it. Because, yeah, the the main character in this is definitely creating some, I mean, what other people might say is a little bit, like, weirder art, but Mm -hmm. it's cool. I mean, it's really cool the way he manages to paint the entire side of the school. This incredible mural. (laughs) It's really, really cool. And you have to assume, like, you know, any artist is uh, kind of absorbing what's around them. And if you're living this, like, kind of dystopian life of everything just being boring and dead end and there's really nothing to look forward to anymore uh your art's gonna get kind of strange so mm-hmm. <laughs> what do you have for another piece maybe an uh, maybe an unconventional one but um there was a movie that came out recently earlier this year i think even um called influencer which is a horror movie but it's oh, yeah. uh, did you see it i did actually yeah uh, and I thought its commentary on social media felt very relevant to this movie because you kind of have like the main character in the film in that film is made to seem like she's kind of a ditzy airhead like social media influencer just do kind of doing things for the likes and you just find out that there's a lot more depth to her and she has a lot more going on and just seeing the way that people can leverage social media and in this case, reality TV in this film for fame and fortune, but also in this film, uh, Chloe, I think is her character's name. Yeah, it is. And I feel like Chloe in, in this film has more going on. She's not just kind of trying to capitalize like, yes, she wants to make money for her family and she sees social media as a tool, but she's like, a lot she's got a lot more depth going on as a person and there's a lot more going on underneath the surface there aside mm-hmm. from what she presents and especially the the way that they have to kind of explain everything as they go along that felt very similar to influencer seeing the social media person going oh i'm going here because of this and i'm eating this because of that and she has to explain the alien to the aliens you know certain human customs oh we're having family dinner together we do this blah 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 <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's really interesting that the the aliens have taken us over and like set all these rules for us and all this stuff, but yet they kind of don't know the basics and like they just haven't bothered to learn. Um they they just only care about enslaving us basically. 
Uh, mm-hmm. so many weird little details like that, but, but yeah, influencers are really, uh, it's an interesting movie. It was a cool one. And uh, I like that you brought that up here. That that's, uh, that's a great one to include, uh, with everything with Chloe and the way that she's trying to use social media. Um, and the, the way that she makes that her, her entire way of, of life really. Um, and it, even once her and Adam, like once they break up, like, boom, she's just right onto her next channel, um, <laughs> immediately. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, which, ugh, but <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I have one last piece, and before I go to it, I did want to kind of, um, I wanted to like go off on a slight tangent just about my interpretation of the movie because it kind of sets up my last piece. Um, and I don't know how you feel, uh, you know, about it as far as like, uh, the interpretation of everything going on here because. For me, and obviously this is like heavy spoilers, but also kind of my own opinion. So I don't really know for sure if any of this is is really it. But, you know, this movie, it's just so layered with so many kind of obvious, kind of on the nose metaphors about art and race and class and mm-hmm. sex and love and being human and like all these things. And part of me, really a lot of me, was thinking after I left this movie and I was driving home, like... Is this Corey Finley, like, after finding a lot of success with his first couple of movies, but then maybe, like, having trouble, you know, banging his head against a wall trying to get to his next project, getting fed up with the system that you have to make movies in right now? We're going through the strike at the moment, uh, which is a long time coming, Mm -hmm. and getting fed up with who gets to be ultimately in charge of, you know, what gets made, how it gets made. And this is kind of his saying like, oh, you want all of these like very trendy ideas in a movie? Here they all are. Go fuck yourself. Here's my movie (laughs) with all this shit that you want, supposedly, you know? And I think that point is really underlined by the fact that throughout the film, we're seeing little bits and pieces of Adam's artwork, which in, in this idea this interpretation adam is kind of a cipher for Corey finley um and we're seeing it and it always shows like you know the title of the artwork Mm -hmm. and at the very end of the movie when uh adam recreates his big art piece that the aliens basically co-opted and turned into shit um it shows the title of that final art piece is landscape with invisible hand and to me that is like it, it couldn't be more clear that that is him saying here's your fucking movie guys. Like, you know, and uh, maybe that is totally off base and maybe I'm reading too far into it, but th- that's just kind of how I see it. I'm, I'm curious what you think of that interpretation. I mean, I, I, I dig it. I mean, I wish I'd read the book cause then I could feel, then I feel like I could confidently say, you know, I feel, feel like that commentary really wasn't there in the book and maybe you're reaching. Right. But <laughs> I mean, I they like that interpretation be. for sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I'm of... curious because he he did seem seem to like collaborate with the original author on some rewrites of like you know turning it into more of a you know a film like story. So mm-hmm. possibly he took seeds of it and readjusted. I I don't know. It, it's possible, but but it's it's really hard to say. But with that being said, a puzzle piece I've brought up a million times on this show, but I got to do it again. I'm going with Charlie Kaufman's adaptation uh, because. To me, like, you know, the idea of this guy writing this book that just all of his own insecurities and his own, uh, you know, hangups with the industry at large seeping their way into that movie, that that story that he's adapting, 
Um, I, I think totally reminded me back to everything that Charlie Kaufman, the character, goes through in Charlie Kaufman's adaptation to adapt that that book and then in turning it into a movie, turning it into this just big Hollywood thing. And uh, I, I love bringing up adaptation. I can't help myself, but I really do think that there is a uh, parallel there when it comes to my interpretation of this movie. If that's at all accurate, I think that they kind of work together really well. Is it bad to admit that I've never seen adaptation? <laughs> I, you know what the thing is, is that means that you can watch it for the first time, and that's very exciting to oh. me. So, <laughs> I mean, you have to tell me how you, how you like it when you finally get to it. Oh, for sure. I mean, you're definitely making it sound interesting, and I think you know, based on what you're telling me about the movie, it seems like a great puzzle piece to throw in. <laughs> with this yeah. one, Even if you've brought it up before. Yeah. Even if my interpretation is like totally off base, it's like, Hey, screw it. It works. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any other puzzle pieces? No, I think, I think I ran out. I'm surprised that we had some overlap, but pleasantly surprised that that's always fun. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Absolutely. I will say one thing and then I'll read down our final list here and we'll get into some closing thoughts. Uh, when I, I first saw this movie, um, almost a month ago now. And like I said, I had trouble finding a guest for this episode. I'm glad we're finally doing it. Uh, but um, when I wrote down my, like my initial list and I didn't like elaborate on any of my pieces, I had written down Babylon, Damien Chazelle's Babylon from last year. And I wish I could remember what the hell made me think of that. And I'm mad at myself now that I didn't write down like a sentence or something to go with it. So it's too bad. I hadn't uh, seen it. Otherwise I feel like I could help you out here. Yeah. Maybe you'd be able to figure it out, but if anybody out there listening uh, sees some kind of parallel with Babylon, please let me know what the hell I was thinking about. <laughs> but um, I will read down our list of puzzle pieces here, and then we'll get into some closing thoughts. We talked about The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, uh, the South Park episode canceled, They Live, Sorry to Bother You, American Beauty, Men in Black, Be Kind, Rewind, and the Science of Sleep, Influencer, and Adaptation. Uh, I, I think, you know, like I said when we first started the conversation, like... These pieces and the threads of this film really kind of just go all over the place from, mm -hmm. you know, movies about art, which I feel like that's the main thing and the reason why I like this movie so much, to weird sci-fi movies, to, you know, stuff about just life in America. There's a lot going on here. But, um, you know, w with that said, is there anything that we didn't quite get into uh, with the puzzle pieces that you wanted to bring up here? Uh, I think with Men in Black, the language piece was something that I forgot to mention earlier, the alien languages. And just, okay. I thought it was really yeah. fascinating the way that these aliens communicate by uh, shuffling their hands, basically rubbing their <laughs> hands together. And then they just have that weird thing about the lotion where the, there's that one woman who was like putting the <laughs> lotion on and was like all greased up. And Tiffany Haddish had uh, looked at her and asked her, is that weird for you? Like, is, is that a problem? <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of awkwardness uh to any scene where the aliens are involved like whether mm -hmm. it's on the ship or once uh i mean like i said there's so much going on in this movie we have we didn't even mention like that tiffany haddish to get out of a lawsuit has to like marry one of the aliens like it, this movie is so strange <laughs> it but, is bizarre um yeah but uh, all of that has so much awkwardness um you know it 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 gets really strange in those those scenarios and uh 
some really fun stuff there. Um, but yeah, I love that though, bringing up the, uh, the language because it, these are really, they're called the VUV, I believe is how mm-hmm. you say it. The yeah. V-U-U-V. But, uh, yeah, they're, they're a really interesting creation as far as like movie aliens go. And, um, it just doesn't get weirder than that. So that is, uh, I think it for landscape with invisible hands. Um, Evan, is there another movie you watched recently you'd like to recommend to our listeners? Ooh, um, oh, you know what I saw recently? I mean, it's an oldie, but you know, after William Friedkin passed away, I saw Sorcerer for the first time. Ooh, yeah. So good. Such a great movie. I'm, I'm upset. I took so long to finally see it. It is fantastic. Did you see uh, The Wages of Fear, which it's like a loose remake of? Well, not even loose. It's pretty straight up remake of. No, never seen Wages of Fear. We covered it over on uh, my other movie podcast, Awesome Movie Year. And uh, and after we covered it, I went and watched Sorcerer for the first time. Uh, this was last year. And they're like, honestly, I feel like they are two pieces of, to, to talk about this podcast, pieces of a puzzle. Um you know, I, I think they both take the exact same idea of these guys having to transport this thing in this truck, you know, along treacherous, mm-hmm. you know, roads. Like, they just take it in two slightly different directions, but it's basically the same movie. And I think it's really worth watching both of them. You should check that out when you get a chance. But yeah, Sorcerer is amazing. So good. Yeah. So glad I finally saw it. Absolutely. Well, uh, Evan, tell people where they can find you and your podcast and everything else you're up to. Well, my show is uh, Spoiler Peace Theater, and uh, we're anywhere you can get podcasts, uh, and also our website, spoilerpeace.com. And then you can find me on social media. My uh, handle is Real Recon, and that's real as in film reel, and I'm on most of the stuff at this point. There's so many to even name, like Twitter, X, whatever you want to call it, Blue Sky, Threads, Instagram, Letterboxd. <laughs> I haven't done the Blue Sky yet. One of these days I'll force myself, but I really don't want to. But Yeah, I was really good in the beginning about posting a Blue Sky, and then I just totally fell off. But I haven't really been posting anything lately, so there isn't that. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. All right on, Evan. Thank you so much for uh, joining me back on the show. Like I said, I mean, I don't know. People uh, don't know what to make of this movie. So, you know, I was happy to get somebody on (laughs) who was totally down to dive into this thing. And hopefully we'll get you back again sometime. Yeah. Yeah. I'd love to come back. Thanks for having me on again. Have you ever been reading through a stack of comics and thought, maybe I should see what the Sarkham Asylum game is all about? Or been playing Marvel vs. Capcom and felt like you were at a real disadvantage since you didn't know who half the characters were? Well, Play Comics is the show for you. I'm Chris, and each episode we take a look at video games based on comic properties and how well they stick to that source material. So whether you know the comics and want to know how all these games work, or you know the games and want to find out where all this craziness came from, go check out Play Comics at playcomics.com or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. All right, so I hope you enjoyed that conversation about landscape with invisible hands. Thank you to Evan for joining me, and thank you to you for listening. If you're enjoying what we do here on Piecing It Together, make sure you are subscribed. And if you could drop us a five-star rating or review, that would be appreciated. You could do that, of course, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Good Pods, or wherever there happens to be a five-star button you could click on. I'd appreciate that. Uh, I told you at the top of the show about the Patreon, about the social medias, at PiecingPod, the Popcorn and Puzzle Pieces group. So let's just close this thing out with a piece of music like I always do to finish up these episodes. 
And of course, I got to play a weird one for this one. What, what am I going to play for a weird one? I'm thinking, well, I want to go with something for my most recent album, More Content. And uh, I, I'm going to go with a track called Signals. Not exactly weird. It's more kind of just awesome, honestly. <laughs> but uh, it's, it's a little strange, though. Um, I've always felt this track has a bit of a tangerine dream feel to it. Um, so hopefully you enjoy it. And we'll be back with more Piecing It Together real soon.
an All Points West production, produced by David Rosen in Las Vegas. We are thrilled to be official sponsors of the Queer Women of Color Film Festival this year. They will premiere 44 films and five screenings at the free 20th Annual International Queer Women of Color Film Festival happening from June 14th through 16th, 2024. This year's theme, Joyful Reunion, celebrates deep human connections and transformative visions, drawing on indigenous knowledge, shared ecology and queer realities these films explore the dynamic tides of love self-fulfillment and home upholding their long-standing commitment to disability justice queer women of color media arts project ensures inclusivity with subtitles for the deaf and hard of hearing audio descriptions for the blind and low vision and asl interpretations for all screenings Join us in supporting these incredible artists and enjoy a lineup of thought-provoking films, engaging panels, and vibrant community events. Whether you're a film enthusiast, an ally, or simply curious, there's something for everyone at the Queer Women of Color Film Festival. Mark your calendar for June 14th through 16th, 2024, and get ready to be moved, inspired, and entertained. For more details and to reserve your free tickets, visit qwocmap.org. That's Queer Women of Color Media Arts Project, qwocmap.org. Let's come together to celebrate diversity and storytelling at its finest.